Hi, I'm Stephen Rosen and welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast where we delve beneath the surface to find out what really makes people tick. Welcome to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me, Stephen Rosen, and my guest today is Josh Lipscomb. Hi, Josh, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good to be here. Good? Yeah, good to be here. Good to see you, and uh, yeah, been a little while, we've been talking about putting this one uh, on on recording, so it's really cool, and uh, we've got the cameras running, got everything ready to go. So, Josh... Uh, Thanks for coming along, and just if, if you don't know who Josh is, Josh is a local businessman, entrepreneur, he's uh, the founder and owner and runner of the Yoga Factory in Southend, is that right? Yeah, that's right. That's right, and you know, what's really impressed me about, about, about Josh and about the Yoga Factory is I first come across it just after lockdown and Josh used to run some markets outside. Uh, what was it called? Short Street Eco Market. Short, yep. Short Street Eco Market, yeah. So I, I just started going to that market. My, my niece had a little stall there. And I just, the community there was just beautiful and I started doing the yoga and, and kind of then met Josh and, and, and just met a, an amazing community of people. And and you built that, didn't you? So, you know, I mean, I I didn't know I, where you started. Obviously, I just kind of joined from mm. from when you was getting going. But, mm. you know, when did you start there at, at the um, yoga factory? So we, we started the yoga factory back in 2015. Um, I was initially the sort of initiator of the space. It's taken a real, like, slow evolution, like, I've... I've, t- I've I've told many um, renditions of this story, but I'll try and keep it keep it very you know smooth. Um, but I sort of left after sort of starting the studio. We used to be in a unit on the corner, on the other corner of the estate, so not where we are now. It's in Unit Nine, and my mum had a business there, and she had a little bit of space down the stairs. So she, um, at the time, I just qualified to be a yoga teacher. I was did my first teacher train at seventeen, finished at eighteen, and you know it was really hard for me to sort of go to studios because. Um, you know, people didn't really want to employ an 18 year old to teach yoga at their studio. It was kind of, you know, it was middle-aged women or, you know, more experienced males, well, experienced, whatever that means. Um, and I, I, I found it hard to integrate into going to a space, especially here in Southend, you know, and, and, and Lee, it's not really, you know, there wasn't many young people doing, you know, yoga and they weren't really into it and men especially. So, you know, I had that disadvantage. So she was like, why don't you just like do something downstairs and set a little something up there? So we built a little space and we, the, the concept was always to have a reception. That was always the concept because I didn't like the idea of going to a yoga studio and then getting kicked out really quickly, not being able to chat to other people that were like in this, you know, similar boat as me who wanted to like learn about yoga and interact about it and interact with the teacher. Um, so we always wanted to have a reception space and then have, um, you know, a studio. So it was very basic. It was small. Do you know what I mean? It was real small. And then I went off to India, went and done another teacher training course. I was young and, you know, just kind of bolted off. <laughs> I didn't really think much of it. I thought this is, you know, this is only a little space. It's not going to be anything. I thought my mum will close it down if I don't come back, like whatever, like, you know, we just crack on. We had a couple of teachers and then she called me one day when I was in India because I, I called her up and said, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to come home. I'm going to join the uh, Shivananda organization, which uh, we can get into at another time. Um, 
And uh, she was like, okay, cool. I'll think about what I'm going to do. It was only small, it was, but there was people going, you know, there was, a, there was a community forming already. There was a vibe, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Um, she, she said, she run me up a couple of weeks later and said, I bumped into someone in the park and they said how much it's changed their life and how much it's helped them. And, and she, she just didn't close it, you know? <clears throat> so it, it, it sort of carried on from that moment. And then I came back and it was already, there was already a formation of a space, you know, there was still that concept of reception and a studio, but that moved to where we are now. And, um, you know, there was, there was a basis of something. There was something happening there, you know? Um, and then it just flew from there, really. I put the intention of building a community into it and, you know, trying to explore what that actually meant. And I'm still trying to figure out what community means to this day. I think, I mean, it's, it's just such an important point, isn't it? Because everyone that I... I mean, I've met so, so many wonderful people that, you know, I've met through going to that, to that space and... Uh, and that community is is quite rare, I think. You know, it's quite rare, and and it's noticeable the people that come and join, uh, and and you know on a trial or whatever it is. And and the first thing you know, I normally welcome people if I see them, but the first thing they say is, "Wow, it's just so such nice people here, such a nice community yeah. here." Yeah. So it's like straight away people are just like picking up on that, and you know, I think that's a real rare thing to do to be able to build that and, and especially from having a concept of like, this is what I want to do. So, mm. you know, yeah, top marks for that, Josh. Yeah. It, was, it was always the intention. Like I always had the intention of wanting to create a space where there was like-minded people and they you could surround yourself by like-minded people because there's not, you know, there's not many spaces like that. If you're into these sort of practices like yoga and meditation or any personal development, like where do you go? You know, you're not going to go and sit in a, cafe on you know just a you know a broadway or a, or a high street you know you're not going to find your people so i wanted to find my people and surround myself by those people so yeah i think that just is just reflected in the natural progression of the community there yeah just reminds me of that uh that uh film build it and they will come about fields of fields of dreams have you seen that no i've not seen that it's a great film i'll have to check film. that out so i have a concept and they just built this this uh, baseball field in the middle of nowhere and just and then people started turning up and it was, yeah. Yeah, where intention goes, energy flows, you know. And yeah, like yeah. You put it into it and you put, I think if you, anything in life you put your energy into, you're, you're going to get results from, you know, and it's all about the intention. And if you follow through with it and you work hard and I think if you put the right energy into something, people will, you will attract the people that you want to attract. And I, I, the, the, the yoga factory is beyond my hands, you know, like, yes, of course, there's elements of it that I've, you know, manipulated to use, I don't know, a better word to use, but I've shaped it in certain ways, you know, yeah. certain frameworks are there, but like you coming in and feeling that experience, that's not, you know, that's not all me, you know, that's, that's the tapestry of what's happening in that space, you know, the universe is creating that. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not orchestrating that. That's, that's beyond me being orchestrated. Mm. And that's how I've kind of lived my life in many ways. You know, when I came back from the, 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 uh, I was about to say cult then. Go on, no, I mean. I can say cult, yeah, can't cult, I? Say, yeah. Let's say cult, because yeah, that, that was one of the things that I was going to ask you about. I yeah. mean, leading to next, but you know. When I came back from the cult, I was having a massage. Um, if she ever listens to this, like big ups, Abby Chappelle, she, she was, she was a really cool person and she was giving me a massage and I had this massive revelation and I just call it one of those, you know, you have one of those moments. I don't know if you have those moments, but I have those moments when you just suddenly something is right. You know, I think we were talking about this place a yeah. minute ago, you know, yeah. you're standing up and you're just like, I wonder I'm going to live it. You know, it's that sort of feeling of like, this feels right. I'm in the right place. 
And I had a teacher, he died actually. He was my very first yoga teacher, uh, Conrad Paul. And uh, he was the first teacher training I did with when I was 17. Anyway, he came to me in this sort of dream state and he said to me like, you've been wanting to serve a community. You've been wanting to build a community. You're sitting in it right now. Because I was going to go back to the cult. I was fascinated by the cult. I was engaged in it. That's all I wanted to do. I was having this massage and this, this, this download came and he was like, you're, you're staying. Like, this is where you're meant to be. I, I knew nothing else. You know, that was it. I didn't mm. have any other intentions. So I'm staying. I'm building what I want to build. I want to serve the community, you know. So, yeah. Brilliant. And, uh, and and what was what was the cult then? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm interested to... I, 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 I have to be careful calling it a cult, but I think... It, well, it's it, a bit late now. We've called it yeah, a cult, but yeah. It kind of... I mean, lots of people have got different concepts of cult, so, you know, I yeah. suppose everyone will bring their own idea of what that is. Yeah, I just hope that people don't think I was, like, you know, in something that was, like, Manson family vibe. It wasn't... No, it no, wasn't I mean, people, thing, you, know? you know, I mean, I've, I've kind of taken people to recovery meetings and people go, oh, that's a cult, you know, it's yeah. obviously... Yeah, and, and, and to a certain degree, like, you know, I'm not saying... It is, but there's minute essences of what cult behavior is, you know, it's kind of a, but anyway, like I, I lived in a, a spiritual community called the Shivananda organization. It's really a yoga community, but it kind of is a spiritual community, if you want to call it that. And I'm using the word spiritual because I, I think it's a quite loaded word and I don't really use it that often. I think it's quite appropriate because of the inappropriation of that word being used, but, um, it's, an, it's a worldwide organization now founded by a Indian, again, in quotes, guru, um, if you want to call him that. And he was a disciple, so apparently from another Indian guru called Swami Shivananda. So, yeah, I, I went to this place when I was, I went to the teacher training when I was 19 in India. I was fascinated by it. It was a four-week course, you know, one of those long-form yoga teacher training courses. And when I was there, I, I, I felt like I'd arrived home. You know, I, I really did. I'd, I'd never felt this feeling before. Um, I, I got into yoga practices and meditation at a really early age, like 15 years old. I was already sort of like getting into this stuff. I was introduced to meditation when I was seven years old by Verity, actually, who teaches the yoga factory. I'll never forget that in Spain. She took me in her flat and she taught me meditation uh, for the first time when I was seven. And, um, you know, so I'd been into this stuff for a while and, and, and that, like 17, 18, I started to really dive into it after doing the teacher training course. And this comrade Paul guy, he, he said to me, you should go to the Shivananda, you're going to learn like more. And I went to this place and I think that at the time, you know, like my friends are into drugs and partying and I, I was lost a little bit in that world and I didn't really kind of resonate with it. But I was sucked into that because that was what my friends were doing. You know, you're, you're young, you're 18, you know, you do that. I suppose it's quite rare really to start going off into a spiritual journey if you're coming from the place that you come from and all your mates are out partying it's uh yeah it's different but like you know I, I, even then like my friends were open and you know I was doing sort of things that were more I don't know mind expanding if you want to call it that it wasn't like it didn't feel like substance abuse it was more like you know where can I go <laughs> you know and what am I gonna find and yeah. yeah that is kind of a weird rare way to look at it so I felt like I found my people when I went to this place people got me and I got them and I felt at home and I guess that's the sort of environment that they create and that's how they sort of lure people into this sort of um, uh, manipulation of how you view things and I kind of loved it there was chanting you know meditation yoga mm you know, philosophy, all of these things there. It was great. And I was like, wow. Do you, do you view that as like a form of conditioning? 
yeah, of course. Like now I'm slowly unraveling all this stuff. You know, I've been stuck in the sort of conditioning for a long time. And like only now am I really like facing it head on because it is kind of deeply rooted and more deeply rooted than I, I, I thought. You know, so like on that teacher training, they start to talk about the volunteering program. They start to talk about how you can get involved in the organization. Some people by this end of this four weeks, like I ain't ever coming back on, you yeah. know, like <laughs> I don't want to know anything. I couldn't, I didn't see that, you know, I was blinded by like this experience, you know, because yeah. I think in the, in the, in the like holistic world, there's, there's different ways that you can capture people's attention. And one of those is by having experiences, you know, you've done the breath work, yeah. you know, you, you, that's an experience. That's not necessarily like, um, a deep, deeply connected experience of God. It is just an experience that you're coming into. Yeah. You feel some divine connection because you feel fuzzy and you feel like, wow, I'm, I'm traveling or whatever. And I'm like yeah. deep in this, but you know, that that's not the real yoga. That's not the real essence of what meditation and spirituality, and uh, you know again not to use this word too much and it is again i don't really like using it but spiritual life you know it's not that monastic or you know connected life really it's it's beyond just experiences it's the everyday tapestry of our existence yeah yeah um so yeah i had one of those experiences there it was great i was chanting and all day long and you're like high as anything on you know chanting <laughs> yeah, yeah mantra breath work all of that yeah. So yeah, and then you go and live in these places, and I went and lived in this place, and and then from then the conditioning starts because you hear the same stories. It's narrow, you know. There's not, they're not open to you exploring other avenues of so practice. You got a really adhere to their narrative and, and yes, and just yeah, absolutely. There's and a narrative. What the whole thing's about. And yeah. I, I was uh, just as I went away uh, last time, I was met some Harry Krishnas on the plane going to Mallorca. Full, like, you know, in the robes and everything. I've never seen Harry Krishnas on a plane before. And, uh, and because I've had kind of experience with Harry Krishnas, uh, I was only young, you know, I started talking to the guy as, as we got off the plane and it must have been his girlfriend. And, and, and she was uh, she was kind of trying to, you know, I was talking to him just openly about, you know, I, I read the Bhagavad Gita like 20 years ago and, you know, maybe she was 22 or something. I don't know, but she was kind of <laughs> trying to kind of feed me all the, all of this stuff as I'm talking to this guy, and I can see that she was in that in that kind of space that you've just described. You know, and and as I'm talking to this guy, you know, she's just reeling off this chant and prayer as we're in the background, and and I and I kind of you know I just it, it was okay. You know, it was like it is what it is, but I just kind of thought that yeah, you know, you're trying to like fire something at me and I've had a, a lot of experience of going through stuff and, and looking at stuff from a wider perspective and yeah. yeah and I suppose once you're you know when you really just get absorbed in that like I did with certain aspects of my life you know you don't see anything else so yeah yeah but I think it's a wonderful place to be in too like I'm really grateful for that naivety because at the end of the day, you know, if it wasn't for that naivety, I wouldn't be open to, you know, what I'm open to experiencing in the world. And I'm sure it's the same for you, you know, like, you know, like you can understand how people get into it and get stuck in it. But at the same time, if you're not naive, then you're not going to be open to, you know, different ways of seeing the world and seeing our experience as a living person. So I'm also grateful for that naivety, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think I think it it, it does, and, and and you know what I was going to ask you. I mean, you know, don't, obviously, when when 
you're susceptible to these this type of influences is was was there anything underneath that you was unhappy with that you was aware of or was you just literally out exploring and no i was i was happy as anything at the time yeah. do you know what i mean i was like living in these places like one of them was in putney in london we had a three story and three houses in putney like in felsham road right in the center of putney they built it all together, knocked it all the way through. There's a massive yoga street at the back. You're living in the middle of, like, you know, yeah. massive real estate. And then in France, in the ashram, like, you know, you're living on six, eight, six to eight acres of land type thing, you know, with hundreds of people, you know, in this utopia of, like, oh, yeah, all peace and love. And you're getting fed and the food's banging and, you know, like... People were like all doing these practices, cracking on with it. At the time, no, I didn't. I, I was not unhappy really. But mm. now I uncover it, of course. I see where there was unhappiness and where there was disconnect and where I wasn't able to fulfill myself in other ways. You know, that's why it led me there to those places. You know, so yeah, now I see where there was unhappiness. But at the time, no, I was, I was yeah. naive to that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a that's, that's fair comment because, you know, all, all throughout my journey of life, I just didn't even stop to look, you know. Mm. obviously there was a lot going on for me as well but I never registered any of that other than just keep kind of moving forward and mm. and looking for a tribe really just looking for a tribe but it sounds yeah. like the same sort of thing that, 100%, that you was doing definitely and I, I I didn't mind you know they wouldn't let you listen to any other music like for example you know like I remember one day we played it's funny I, I said I went and watched Bob Marley last night we only played we was playing like Bob Marley in the Whalers like in the kitchen like you know uh, cooking no, and it's good vibrations. It's not anything, you know, it's not like anything that's like swearing and, you know, gun violence rap or anything. Yeah, yeah. And they were like, yeah, you can't play that, you know? And just at the time you was a bit like, oh, okay, sort of thing. But then you look at back at that and you're like, wow, okay, that's that's weird, you know? Yeah, that's, you know? that should be flags going up really, should Yeah, it? absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's that element of control, isn't it? Of Yeah. Yeah, and, and we couldn't wear anything else other than white trousers and yellow tops. You know, that sort of stuff and, you know, I had to buy all yellow clothing and, you know, yeah. white trousers and that's how you're living, you know. you're Same as you saw those Harry Krishnas on the plane, it'd be these swamis would be travelling the same, a bit more discreet because they're a bit more aware of like how, you know, you might be perceived in public, but like they'd be wearing, if the monk, if the monks, for example, they'd be wearing red trousers or reddish trousers, brown trousers and yeah. a red jacket, you know. So like they're living that they're, they're they're completely engulfed in that monastic you know brainwashed life. So yeah, yeah. I mean yeah, I've got nothing against uh, like you know what people get out of this stuff, and, and certainly I drew quite a, a lot of good stuff out of that Krishna consciousness sort of journey. I always wasn't jumping around with the robes on and all that kind of stuff, but you know I kind of took some I suppose you know for want of a better word some spiritual values and spiritual principles out of out of uh, out of the practices and yeah so uh i think you know everyone's just going moving through aren't they and but you know people do get stuck on stuff and uh yeah it's it's good that you you kind of got away from that i was just thinking of a friend of mine in, in a yoga yoga teacher and she studied yoga sounds like a very similar sort of setup to you uh it was very very strict and very very controlling and uh she eventually come away from it uh, when she she fell pregnant and, and they said to her get rid of that you know so yeah yeah I mean and that's how far it can go really yeah I, I, I wasn't subject to seeing those sort of experiences but similar things and I think the problem with those sort of communities and like of course there are positives and there are good teachings within them if you're discerning and you're able to look through the conditioning 
but you know unfortunately the problem is is if people stay in those organizations for long periods of time and they commit their lives and you know take those vows unfortunately there's no reintegration if they do want to leave you know so I, I was very fortunate that I was young and I didn't have responsibilities and I had a my parents house to go back to but you know I knew some people that had nothing you know and I've heard many stories of people that left and left with nothing and had to restart their lives and found it really hard to integrate into society because of that conditioning or you know because of that abuse of power or abuse of their time and all of that and, and abuse of their health so you know there, there are so many dangers to it but there are also you know th th there's good aspects to it too and I want to be sure to like kind of comment on the fact that yeah it did give me what I needed at the time you know yeah and I, and I I suppose you've taken that experience and then you've you've kind of you know filtered it and, and and put it into what what you've been doing at the yoga factory you know building that community and and you know just you know moving forward with that which is is really so valuable isn't it it's so valuable and uh and how, how did that how is the business side of it kind of you know impacted your own kind of journey and experience from being like mm. you know a kid running off to uh to india and thinking i'm never going back and then you know all of a sudden you're running a business so yeah i mean like i've been surrounded by like business all my life my granddad used to build boats and you know had had a big business uh, in essex you know exporting exporting boats and building boats and you know my mum had her own businesses from young age and then ended up taking it, my granddad's business on and built other things so you know, it's funny, actually, I, I've got a picture of my granddad on my altar and I'm sitting on his lap on in a forklift. I was probably about three years old, you know. So, uh, and I was reflecting on that because so I sort of felt like that question was going to come up. And I think that I, I denied that of myself for a long time. You know, I denied the idea of wanting to do business and like enjoy business and enjoy the idea of building things like that. Because I think especially with, again, going back to some of that conditioning that I had, it was all about, yeah, you know, money is like, not evil, but money is not really kind of what we're striving for. We're striving for peace and global peace and happiness and all that sort of thing. Mm. But like, unfortunately, the modern world we live in, you have to learn how to survive and, you, and, you know, and it's essential. But then also I enjoyed it. I enjoy business. I enjoy actually hustling a little bit. And I, I don't like that word, actually. I, I retract that word hustle. <laughs> but, you know, you get the gist. I enjoy yeah, yeah. I enjoy doing business. I enjoy building something and seeing it succeed and getting it to a place where it is successful and, you know, paying yeah, for itself. Yeah, it, it can be... You know, I mean, what I'm interested in is 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 the conscious side of business because, you know, I know from my experience of building a business that you know you can I very easily got kind of consumed and lost and 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 was you know just unaware of what was driving me really back then. Obviously, you'd kind of by the time you was doing your business, you'd kind of been from some, some different experiences, but mm. you know. I think the balance in business is how to, you know, if, if you can be conscious in business and, and, and kind of combine that, you know, being of service and, 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 and all those aspects that you've learned with the realities of, you know, this business must function and must work and, and you know, all the bills have got to be paid and all the rest of it, you know, mm. the space has got to be maintained. Uh, and it's, I think it's, uh, it's something that I learned over a long period of time, you know, and I was practising spiritual values as I was building my business and at the very beginning I probably didn't have too many you know I still had a lot, a lot of kind of ideas from where I'd come from but as I kind of practiced them in my own life as I you know learned to let 
people be who they are, but but still need to uh, you know deliver a level of service and, and 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 be responsible for what they was doing. You know, I found that was was a transition where, you know, I in that practice I managed to alleviate the need to control things. You know, so I, as I was kind of building this business, at the same time I was practicing letting go the need to control things, but still needing the the, the kind of business to perform as mm. it should and the people to perform as they should. So I found that a kind of really interesting. Uh, practice to kind of live and to put into business because you know I had quite a lot of people working for me at one point and yeah and and, and everyone comes with with their human issues yeah, yeah I, I think I've swung on that pendulum a lot of like going from okay it's about the people and the community and then realizing oh like I really need to try and actually make some money and make this work to then go on the opposite end of the spectrum of wanting to open multiple yoga studios franchise my brand you know <clears throat> open a studio in Dubai, all of those sort of things. And I think finding that middle ground with the right ethics and values is, is extremely difficult, you know, and especially in the world when, you know, other people are in it for other reasons, you know, and it's pretty ruthless. Um, so I, I'm still working that out for sure. I'm still working that out and I'm, I'm looking forward now to sort of using the experience I've had of, of, of you know, being from one end of the spectrum to the other, and now I can find that balance for myself too, because ultimately it's about us as well. And I think um, we can put a lot of other people first. And uh, uh, the other part of you know that pendulum is, I guess, my own health and my own approach to business and how that reflects on you know how I live my life. Because I've put a lot of people, other people first, I guess, in business, and not really ever like looked after myself. And I yeah, think I mean, I, I I got that one. Yeah, I spent yeah. years doing it. Yeah, and that and that I think is again another balance in itself, you know. And so I think, yeah, I'm I'm still figuring all of that out, and I'm excited to carry on learning, you know, about how to balance business, spirituality, you know, consciousness, and people, and my own energy. You mm. know? Do you think it's uh, it's a case of of, of, of all these variables, learning to balance all these variables individually, or do you think it's a case of learning to get that internal balance and then just apply it into all areas? I think, I think both. <laughs> I do. I think both. I think it's about, you know, balancing all of those different variables, but then also balancing in your own self to then reflect that outwardly. Because, you know, I know it's a, you know, it's a common sort of bit of advice, isn't it? You know, make sure you protect your energy and balance your own energy before you give to others, you know. And then, you know, within that statement, it's, it's not an easy thing to do, is it? You know, it's, it's hard. And I've been told that, always been told that, you know, you've got to fill your cup before you fill other people's cup. But then it's like, OK, but then like, how do I how do I balance all of that together? You know, so, yeah, I think it's all of them. It's difficult. It's and, it, and I think it's dependent on the, the, the particular relationships that, that that is applied to. Mm. You know, I've been uh, saying to my daughter the same thing. You know, you, you know, he's kind of exhausting yourself looking after the boys and yeah, it's it's got to be done. But you know, you can't. You know, if you exhaust yourself, then you're exhausted, and and you've got very little to give, or you're just running on empty, or yeah. you know. So it's really, I think you know, if you're applying that to a work relationship or something, it's a lot easier to deal with, and it's a lot easier to look at. So I think, and that's going back to my point of 
internalizing that process and, and really finding the balance within because mm. those variables are, are always moving about aren't they the business the, the relationship the girlfriend the marriage the whatever it is are always kind of pulling you in different directions and mm. uh I think for me personally, you know, learning to just internalise that balance and then treat everything exactly the same is is has been the way forward for me. But yeah, you know, it, I think that like um, our practices are like the most important thing when it comes to that. Is like the way I've dealt with that the best is like when you're talking about internalising it. I've always come back to the basic practices that I've built up over the years. You know, so like. If I've got my strong practice, good sleep, good diet, regular diet, you know, good practice, meditation, breath work, you know, movement, then it all seems to click into place. And if you're listening to, you know, the inner voice well, the intuition, somehow outwardly all of that, you know, develops nicely. It, it develops nicely and, then, and sometimes you just have to let it go as well, don't you? You just have to let go of the attachment to the results of it which is difficult if it's a business or if it's a relationship or you know whatever it's we love holding on yeah yeah it's uh it's been my my kind of life's practice really you know just to try and detach from the from the results of it and as i said to you earlier before we started this my kind of art was palpitating a little bit about the, the kind of technology side of it and you know it's difficult to just completely just you know be like, okay whatever happens happens because there's a certain responsibility that you've got to take agency over stuff haven't you but then I suppose then it's just putting that in place and doing your best and then just you know trying to let go of the results and and like you said you know with with the building of the business and the building of the yoga factory you know it wasn't all down to you you had an intention and you set some things in process and, and you kind of not manipulate it but you guide it and you know and then it grows and it kind of takes on its own thing and i mm. think that's that's just life the flow of life really and we just tend to interrupt it all the time i think you know yeah through I, conditioning and through all different learned behaviors and wants and needs and kind of you know the ego jumps in and it's like got to be like this or it should be there or yeah or like the universe throws lessons at us to interrupt us on purpose as well you know, like there's been so many times like over the last six years where, you know, seven years where like things have happened and I didn't expect them to happen. And then you have to deal with it. And, you know, sometimes even when you let go, it's not a pleasant outcome, is it? You know, and you have to sort of find balance within that sort of disruption of everything that's happening. Sometimes it's not even things you've done, you know, like it might be a, a relationship or, you know, it might be a, a death or it might be like a you know, external factor, you know, for example, with the short street eco market, like my landlord wouldn't let me do it anymore, you know, and, and I loved that market and it, and it serviced my business. Yeah. It was amazing. Like uh, revenue stream for me, you know, it was great for the cafe, but then like, I had to adapt and you have to change, you know, that was that beyond my control. I couldn't do anything about it. I did every single thing I could in my control to change that. So I let go surrendered and okay, where do we go from now? You know? So I think sometimes you just have no choice, do you? The universe is willing to just throw things at you and then you have to do, you know, okay. I think, yeah, I think, I mean, when, when I kind of draw that down to its essence, there's very little that you actually do have control over. You know, I think we, uh, we like to believe that we have the illusion of control and you know we 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 maybe we control our own actions or we can control what we do 
uh, we can't control the outcome of stuff. And, you know, I just, just, just kind of health wise, I, I can remember I, I, when I, I was running my business and I woke up one morning, I was going to go to London. It was quite early in the morning, five o'clock or something like that. I, my stomach felt a little bit just not right and I thought oh you know I'm not sure if I should go or not and uh, and within an hour or so it was like worse and I decided not to go you know by 10 o'clock I was doubled over on the bed and my wife at the time called the uh, doctor he, he came out within an hour or so you know then I was on my way to the hospital and and, and, they, and they didn't know what was happening they cut me right open but you know the point of it was I woke up that morning thinking I'm going to do this, this and this and this and, and you know, I'm in control of my life. And, and then, you know, laying in that hospital, if they would have said to me, look, sorry, we've got to take, cut your head off to sort this out, <laughs> I would have gone do it. You know, I was in that much pain, physical pain. And, uh, and it just, it always stuck with me, that lesson that, you know, anything can change in, in an instant, really. And it just uh, kind of re refined for me that, my idea of control really was was a delusion that gave me some sort of security that, mm. you know, everything's going to go how it should and, and it often doesn't. Mm. So, you know, that was a good lesson for me, yeah. a real good lesson. But I think you're right, the universe will kind of give us these, you know, opportunities. I was going to say challenges and, and they might be perceived as challenges, but there's always opportunities in them, isn't there, to mm. correct something or to learn something or... Or simply just to, you know, find our limitations in stuff where as much as we can do and can't do. So, yeah, I think opportunities is the best word. Yeah, yeah, I like to look at it now, but you know, I, I, I understand that a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people look at it as adversity and as a, as a real kind of personal challenge, mm. and you know, and some people you know perceive that as a personal challenge from God or or all sorts of other areas, don't they? You know, it's. Uh, once again, going back to people's conditioning, what they what they've been led to believe or what yeah. they've been fed. Yeah, I think like I've all, I've been really lucky to have like quite an optimistic family as well. And I think, like you say about conditioning, you know, especially I think in, in business and going back to your point about um, uh, the point about conscious business. I think the more we try and control our product or you know our business the more and more we become maybe fixated on like the figures or, you know, the bottom line and, you know, the profit and all that sort of thing. And yeah, you might become really successful and you might, you know, turn over millions of pounds a year, but then are you really looking at the consequences of all of that? And, you know, what has actually happened by you, you know, creating that sort of monster of a business, you know, just look at big corps like Amazon and, you know, all of those ones that we always moan about McDonald's and Starbucks and all of that, you know, and I think that like getting a balance of, of not being fixated on profit and and the outcome of the business but then also being aware of the impact that that has on the people is like incredibly important to me you know and I think that also then uh, then facilitates the ability to adapt and 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 actually see things as of as gentle progressive growth other than challenges you know because then you can be open to like you know where where that takes you um, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. But yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. And I was just just thinking as you was sharing that, you know, I was just thinking we we kind of really need academies, don't we? We need kind of like you know we we got business academies and we got all these things, but they don't teach you that, do they? <laughs> they just teach you like you know be financially successful, mm. and, and that seems to be 
the goal, you know, that seems to be the, the bar of success or not, you know, mm. whether the, the business is financially successful. And is it, I think it'd be really interesting, you know, for, for people to get together, people like yourselves, young businessmen who have got a conscious about stuff and, and maybe, you know, create some workshops or, you know, something that I'd, I'd really find, uh, I'd, I'd like to be involved in something like that, you know. Mm. Just showing people that actually there's, you know, you can you can still earn money and you can do it the right way and you can look after people and you can do it to the minimum impact of of the environment and, and, and all of this kind of stuff, you know. But it takes it takes a lot and it takes, uh, I think, a different breed of people rather than just your average sort of businessman. I'm not condemning any average businessman. Everyone's got their you know, their criteria to meet and, you know, especially if you're looking after people, you got to make a certain amount of money. I, I can remember, you know, just every month just thinking, God, I've got like 90 people to pay, you know, I've got to get some money in, you know, that kind of stuff. So you've got all the, those pressures as well in business. But yeah, I really, having kind of grown and grown through a business and, and now being in a fairly privileged position where I've got a very small business that kind of suits me, a lifestyle business now, uh, but it's interesting that that all of that hard won experience, you know, it'd be great if if it could go somewhere. If we could do, I mean, obviously we're talking about it now, but it would be great if uh, if it could be like something more tangible that people, you know, especially like when when they're setting up this sort of stuff, is is get some sort of input or get some some idea that yeah, you can be successful financially, successful, and you can do it in a way that makes you feel better at the end of the day as well. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I was listening to a really cool podcast the other day and uh, he was an artist, a guy, and he was talking about his workflow and like, it just inspired me because you know p there, there are people out there that are kind of you know making sure they put themselves first before business at, but then still being successful and I, I love that. You know, He didn't start his working day till one o'clock in the afternoon. You know? <laughs> like his morning routine was from 6 a.m. till 1 p.m. Like how amazing, you know? Like I know not all businesses permit that to happen but you can create that if you want to create that you know manipulate your life in that way so yeah yeah i think uh i mean my my kind of yeah my days are fairly much like that you know i try to do a few bits and pieces for myself look after my health and stuff like that bit of meditation and then yeah not always the days that i go to work some days i have to get up really early and drive a long way but you know uh, they're, they're not as many as the days that i don't do that so that's nice uh, fortunate fortunate that's yeah where, that's where i'm heading yeah and 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 speak about where you're headed you know you you've got some plans to to kind of uh i don't know what you don't are you got your plans do you i'm know listening listening to the universe okay yeah yeah that, that's my plan right now you know i've worked really hard for the last six seven years well really more than that you know even like you know sort of being in the shivaland organization that the, the, what we were just talking about uh, that was not easy you know like you're up really early yeah you get a good three hours in the morning of doing practice and all you know the the, the, the cult routine that you get taught um, but then you're working you know you're working hard and I went straight from that to, to the yoga factory and I've put I've put a lot of effort into the yoga factory and a lot of time and a lot of energy you know on purpose I loved it you know it's don't get me wrong I, I, I wake up in the morning I'm excited to do it you know that that's the beauty of it um, but I have put a lot of time and energy into it. So now I, I feel I want to listen to my body, you know, and, and my body's telling me to, to rest a little bit and to observe, you know, where I want to go next and really feel into that instead of rushing and 
going, I, I've, I've got loads of ideas. I've, you know, there's things I would love to do. There's ambition, you know, all of that. But for this moment in time, I want to stop. I want to, I want to sit back and, you know, hopefully sell, sell the yoga factory and, and, and now just kind of, yeah, take that time to listen inward, take time to study, take time to, you know, do, you know, do experiences, have more experiences in life, go and see some of the world again and, and see where it goes. I'm not, I'm not going to rush. I have a tendency to rush and want to, you know, go fast and do things. And I've realized, you know, starting business at 21 and getting into that really early that there's, there's a lot of time in life and we definitely don't need to be rushing things. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah and it's, I think it's a really nice practice to, you know, just allow yourself to be, isn't it? Without having any demands or expectations on, you know, what you should be doing next or, or yeah. how that's going to look or, you know, just to take some time out and to be is, is, yeah, it's quite rare, I think, in, in this life. And, uh, and, and there's always these, you know, what am I going to do next or how is it going to be? And, you know, I, I never ever had that as a, as a young person, you know, I never had that, especially when I started business, I was just like, you know, hit the ground running really from coming from chaos, you know, into, you know, trying to build a different life and, and I can remember when I sold the business and the day that the business went and then waking up the next morning and just feeling, wow, <laughs> wow. You yeah. know, all of that responsibility that I was kind of, had been dragging around for a long time because, you know, it got quite heavy. Yeah. Uh, had gone. Yeah. And, and, and even then, you know, I did have a little bit of time off, but, you know, I was always kind of, you know, I had family and mm. responsibilities and that. So I was, you know, always kind of planning, uh, where I was going next, really. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I kind of almost want to feel lost for a bit. You know, I want to feel lost so then I can, I can refind. And I think that's really important for me right now. You know, like, you know, the, the stuff that went on early in my sort of um, exploration of, of yoga and consciousness to then now and where I see it now. I've met some amazing people in the last seven years. I've had some great teachers. I've had some not so good ones. I've met some amazing people. I've learned so much from people and I've sat back and observed those people for a long time. You know, I don't, I, I wouldn't say I'm like a forthcoming, like I won't push my opinion on people or like really be very forthcoming with it. But what that's allowed me to do is to really observe how people teach act talk you know project all of those different things and and now you know that that that's meant it's almost built some sort of bubble around me i've not left the yoga bubble you know like mm. I've, I've i've not left that for 10 years it's kind of been i've been bubble wrapped in this kind of cute sort of fluffy world you know, and I was thinking recently, you know, I was talking to my family about it and I was like, oh, maybe I'll just go and work in corporate for a bit and just like feel the brutality of what it is like in the world. I'm not going to probably do that. But, you know, it's almost I have that inner calling to want to be lost for a bit. You know, I want to re-find who Josh is, you know, because there has yeah. been a part of me that has sort of like, you know, got lost along the way. And it's not any one particular reason other than just, you know existing but I, I want to feel that lostness for a moment and I you know you see on Instagram a lot now like you know find your purpose and find this I actually want the opposite for a little bit I just want to kind of yeah be be nothing and everything at the same time it's interesting I just uh I just finished reading Ram Dass's book uh Grist for the Mill have you, have you no, I've not read? read that one no first time I came across him my uh, my niece Charlotte bought it for my my 60th birthday and I recently finished reading it and and he kind of comes to the conclusion that you know after striving to be something you know then learning to be nothing 
is mm-hmm. is is like the goal, you know. Yeah. And when you're nothing, then you know that you're something. Yeah. And it was uh, I really it really resonated with me, and I just kind of picked it out what you just said there, that you know it's uh, we can always be looking and be working to be something, and 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 just and then lose ourselves in in that being something because we become what we perceive that we should be. And, and, and I suppose it's a difficult one, really, because I'm thinking, like most people listening to this, are thinking, well, well, why wouldn't you want to, you know, kind of work towards your goals and, and, and be, uh, you know, the person that you want to become and, and the, the man that you want to become, whatever, woman. Uh, but it's really interesting because I, I mean, I was, I was the opposite. I came from a place of being lost for most of my life, you know, literally, completely lost. And uh, and then rediscovered a connection with myself. And then I've been kind of the last 10, 11 years, whatever, I've been, you know, kind of integrating and building on that connection with myself. So, but in that connection with myself, it's not been about I need to be anything. You know, it's about actually I'm okay just, you know, not being anything. Yeah. And And I'm having a struggle at the moment with kind of, you know, the vision of, of pushing this podcast forward and, and, and really getting it out there because cause I've got that going on. So it's mm. it's really interesting that, you, that you've kind of come up with that. But mm. I think it's, uh, it's, it's just integration, isn't it? It's just kind of, I think it's integrating the kind of deeper journey for me, my, my soul journey into this human life journey and finding... Uh, that, you know, there's a point where I've got a, I haven't got to, but, you know, I want to kind of account for, for this life and, and I want to, you know, do something valuable with my time, really. I suppose that's that's what it is. I've gone really deep there, I know. But it's a, it's a really interesting thing that, you know, to become nothing and then actually finding in that nothing you are what you intended to be or... Yeah, I think it's really closely related. Like, this is why I love business and how it crosses over into this sort of conversation because, you know, that if if there's no desire, then there's there's such a wide spectrum of possibility, you know. But when there is desire, there's the kind of idea of just boxing yourself into one story, you know. And so I think, like, what I'm trying to say there is, is kind of I've created a story like you of who I am but there's way more out there to explore of who we really are and the potential of who we really are. And I think kind of like what you're saying about that nothingness is kind of a brilliant, a brilliant place to be in because you have that spark of intention of wanting to inspire people and help people. But like the possibility of that is so endless, mm. you know, and I think that's where I'm coming from with regards to wanting to be lost. I kind of want to, I want to like feel the world a little bit you know, and I think that's why I mentioned the bubble wrap of the yoga industry and like being wrapped in this kind of world because I don't really like have many relationships with people that aren't in that world. You know, so I kind of want to feel people a little bit more, you know, feel their pain, you know, feel what they're going through, understand what they're going through. You know, we're going in for a really crazy time right now in the world as well, you know, and 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 even though energetically that can be felt, you know, and yeah, I'm sorry if the listeners aren't into that, but I... You know, energetically, I feel like I can feel an essence of that suffering. And I think many people can, but they just don't realize that they can feel it. I think everyone can, actually. Um, but, you know, what I'm trying to get at is that I, I think it's really important to kind of have real 
world experiences to be able to learn how to help people you know and I want to I've always wanted to help people I always want to you know help people find that inner self-peace or or whatever their soul journey is as you described and I think to do that that I need to understand how people are living outside of this bubble that I've created you know because then I can help people truly because it's all well and good sitting in the yoga class and saying you know like just take a breath you know just let it go on the exhale you know think of these nice sort of philosophical approaches and all that but people can't relate to that you know they've got real can I swear on this podcast yeah yeah Yeah, they've got real shit going on you know they're not they don't they don't care if I'm saying release it on the exile they're thinking about okay right I'm about to get evicted I'm going to be on the street or you know I've got no money to feed my kids or whatever it is so you know how can we actually help people and how can we help them integrate into these practices and this way of life so I think kind of yeah I think I just wanted to shed some light on that I guess yeah no and you did I mean it's it's clear but and it's a challenging point isn't it it's a challenging point that you know those those people that are at that real sharp end of life at the moment and and suffering terribly and and you know lots of it beyond their control that they can actually do anything about uh you know how do they cope with that and how do they manage that and and some of the the teachings of what you're trying to teach obviously give us a a basis of, of of kind of a connection without getting completely lost and absorbed in that stuff and you know, I think that is the challenge of of, of humanity, really. I, I think you know you've you've kind of brought it to a point where, you know, as we evolve, you know, we're evolving more and more into external uh, survival. You know, exter- I mean, we've always obviously been you know needing to survive from the very beginning. But I think at the very beginning, we probably had a lot more self connection. We probably had a lot more connection to different values and. Uh, and and as 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 we've expanded as 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 a species, and you know we've created really a lot of these problems for ourselves, uh, and and they can be completely totally absorbing, and and you know people are just up against it every day, every day, you know, and uh, yeah, and I've been there, you know, I've I've lived a life of of addiction, you know, of. of you know, my my day used to be, you know, I used to walk out the door and, and not know if I was going to be back that night or in 10 years' time or ever. You know, that was how I used to live. So you kind of, I've kind of lived on, on that sharp edge of, 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 of not knowing, you know, and uh, I'm not saying everyone lives like that, but, you know, it's, 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 it's that experience, isn't it? But I think it's, you know, what we need really is, is, is a way back to connect to ourselves and, and to be able to nurture ourselves and navigate through these difficult challenges of life. Mm. And I, I really hear what you say about, you know, you want to go out and, and experience some of that stuff because, you know, tangibly, you know, sometimes you have to really just get involved in that, don't you? And, and if you can do something to help people, then, then you, you'll help people like that. But, yeah, it can't all be done uh, just sitting back and, and, and kind of meditating and... And, and energizing stuff, you know, it's uh, you have to get out there and get yeah. in the trenches sometimes. I it's, think. A, it's a nice, it's a nice concept. Don't get me wrong, you know, this whole idea that you know, in some of these spiritual texts or you know, ph- philosophical texts, this idea that like, yeah, you know, the highest state of being is is that you know union with consciousness, and you can sit on top of the mountain, and just by you doing that, you're gonna 
you know, send peace upon the world. I'm, I'm sorry, but that's, that's kind of, we're, we're way beyond that point. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we are way beyond that. And um, I think it's really important now to, to evolve um, spirituality and find a, a, a conscious evolution now and, and, and create new ways of, you know, teaching these practices and looking at them and integrating them into the world because they're outdated. You know, a lot of this yoga stuff that you see in yoga teach training courses or the shamanism that's going around, you know, all of this sort of stuff is outdated, you know, or it's not relevant, you know, because you look at some of these yoga practices, these people were doing this in the Himalayas, in the mountains, and they were doing all this stuff. They didn't have Ferraris on one corner and then someone jacking up with, with Heron on the other corner. You know, there wasn't that. You know, so how do we how do we find a balance within both of those polarities of existence, you know, and actually then, you know, offer some sort of way of a path to someone to connect deeply to themselves? You know, they had the stars, you know, they had the mountains, they had the, the moon, the sun, all of these different things, you know, they, you know, so I think we live in a very different world now. And I think it's really important that there's people stepping up and being honest about this stuff and, and really looking at it and, and progressing it in the right way, because it is, it, it's outdated, you know? Yeah. It's outdated. I, I think we're, I think we're outdated. I think we, we need, as you say, evolve is a, a term that I use regularly you know we as a species i think we need to we're at a point where we really do need to evolve and 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 it's not you know and and, and reconnect as well with some of the stuff that we've lost mm. you know I, I think uh someone said it wasn't my terminology but someone said you know our consciousness is not keeping up with technology and with like the kind of the the industrial revolution and all of this stuff you know how we're uh, eating how we're producing our food you know it goes it, it spreads into a whole whole realm of, of human existence and business and everything else but i i think that you know getting back to that what that beautiful idea that i i, I kind of really liked about you know teaching conscious business and and just sharing this experience i think that's probably you know sometimes as much as we can do as individuals just to kind of you know own our part in it and, and try and do what we can. And, and we're not going to go out there and, and solve the world's problems, are we? Certainly sitting on the mountain, we're not going to do it, that's for sure. But it's, uh, I think it's, it's something that I see as, as, you know, it's a generational thing. We've got to kind of start becoming a bit more conscious about what we're doing, the impact that we have on, on the future, because everything's just become so short term, hasn't it? Mm. And uh, I was in, in Mallorca the other week and I was in the cathedral there and I'd done a little post about this beautiful experience that happens a couple of times a year with the light coming through this really high window and lining up with another window. Mm. And, you know, and, and as I'm in this cathedral, I know, you know, that cathedral took about well the rebuilding of it you know about four generations so the like the, the stonemasons and the people who was working on putting the stones in they was never ever going to see the end of it you know and then their sons possibly worked on it and then their, their sons and then another generation so the people who put that glass in you know there would have been a concept for that because there was no lasers and stuff like that so someone had a, had a concept of doing that and and it took generations to achieve it mm. and today it's just like everything's got so instant hasn't it we we've lost the scope of of seeing you know uh the impact of what we want to do 
in a good way and in a in a bad way because in a bad way we're just looking at the immediate solutions that we've got mm. and quite often you know when you kind of experience them or when you're 10 15 20 30 40 50 years down the line you know them processes that we put in place are actually really really destructive mm. but you know it's just a short-term gain i think and i think that's a big big issue really of of kind of changing that lens as well to you know and, and, and being, I suppose, it, it's going to take a lot of honesty to go, like, you know, we can only do so much, but if we start now, you know, that can carry on. The next, the next generation can carry that on. And, and eventually, you know, we'll get to a place, hopefully, where we've got some really conscious leaders who can, who can make those honest, uh, you know, deep sort of choices for, for our, our species going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I hope for that too. That's, that's it. Sounds really ideal. Yeah, it I is think, an ideal, but yeah, I mean, working getting it is yeah probably tough. I think the only uh, the only way I can kind of relate to that right now and in, in this moment is, and the first thing that comes to mind is is an idea that I have around the the yoga world because it's the world that I've been surrounded by. As I said, you know, for example, you know, the yoga world isn't in in business. It isn't regulated very well. You know, so you can become a yoga teacher do a teacher training course and you can get insurance tomorrow, you know, and then you can go out and teach. There's no one to say that that teacher training course was definitely to a standard to enable you to be able to lead someone in a certain direction. You know, and we're talking about working with sensitive people that have been through, you know, a lot of the time people often that come to yoga are either going through something in their life or have been through something in their life. And, and we have yoga teachers walking around having read a certain post on Instagram. Um, and think that that is a good bit of advice for a student or is a good way to approach a certain ideal or way of thinking. You know, I've been subject to that manipulation as we discussed. And I think that for me, I would love to create a, go a better governing body. And I won't call out the name of the governing body that currently stands in the yoga world. And there's only one. I tell you that now. And it isn't regulated very well. I have my own teacher training course. I know the process that you have to go through to apply for that. Um, you know, and I would love to create more you know regulate that industry more you know how can i build a structure so that yeah okay you're doing a teacher training course yeah we'll we'll certificate that i really like what you're doing and you've gone through a process to be able to validate that and i don't think we have that in the world you know there's so much misinformation you know reg instagram you know social media isn't regulated like i you know it's so hard i don't believe anything i see on there anymore and i don't think most people do but you know people read it and they take it for kosher, you know, they take it for real talk. And I think that that's, I think, I, I like what you're saying. I think the best way we can reflect that is by showing up the best we can in our own individual, you know, lanes and 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 uh, paths. And I think for me, that's where I would love to take it because that will stand for generations to come. And hopefully that will mean less sort of people like me will get, I mean, led astray on a path that maybe, you know, could be really uh, damaging, you know. Yeah, no, I think, I think, and it's, yeah, it's all we can do is just kind of take our responsibilities and, and be conscious of what we're doing, you know, I mean, it all goes back, it kind of everything goes back to that, you know, internal level of consciousness and then, you know, trying to express that in, in your work and in your relationships and in whatever you do and, and certainly in governing bodies and regulations and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I, I, I think, you know, I, I spoke about I spoke to it on a different podcast that you know I'd, I'd seen uh, someone you know saying qualifying breath work in three days or something like that you know teacher training thing and 
just thought, man, that's just bizarre. You know, it's just nuts. Yeah, there's some pretty bold statements out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, 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 but people, you know, will take that at face value, as you said. People will. And uh, It's scary, you know, it's scary. Because there's people claiming out there that they can heal people's trauma and they can, you know, heal people energetically. And, you know, th these people are the same as me and you, you know. And uh, it, it, I, I'm scared of the industry. I'm scared of where it can go. Um, but I'm also really excited that I hope that, you know, it will it'll bring up, like you said, some really conscious leaders in the world. But yeah, at the same time, I'm mm. scared too. Yeah, well, no, I like that. I like your scepticism and of, of, of kind of some of the stuff that's going on as well, because, you know, you, you facilitate some good stuff where you are. And, and obviously I'm sure that, you know, you consider what's, going, what's happening within the realm of, 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 you know, your responsibility. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. But yeah, but it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because I think that there are people out there who can definitely facilitate other people's healing. And I've spoke to a couple of people on this podcast recently uh, who've, who've kind of done that journey for themselves and now are not necessarily saying to other people that I can heal you, but they're, they're kind of saying, look, this is my experience. This is what I've done and this is what worked for me and, and try, you know, what works for you. But, you know, giving some sort of uh, parameters outside of, of the, the kind of known at the moment, the, like the Western medicine, so to speak, you know, our, our idea of, of, of what works. And I was just talking to my son the other day. He's, he works in a, a bar, a pub at the moment. And he said, oh, cold again. I said, oh, man, you've got so many colds. You know? He said, well, cause I work in a pub. <laughs> so, so I said, yeah, but you've got to like try and like, look at your immune system and start like looking at what you can do rather than, I said, what are you going to do? He said, oh, I'll take a Lemsip. I said, well, that's just going to mask, mask the symptoms for a little bit and make it a little bit easier. But, you know, it's kind of like where it's at with a lot of things, isn't it? It's just like, yeah. let's just look for that masking of the symptoms and get through yeah. this. And, but then we're going to hit, hit, hit the same thing again in a little while. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It's easy to put the cop over the spider. You know, someone told me that quote yesterday. It's easy to put the cop over the spider, but then, you know, one day you've got to take the cup off and, you know, the spider's still going to be there. So, you know, patching it up with, with bypassing is not, is not a solution, unfortunately. Bypassing, yeah. yeah. And there's a lot of that out there, you know, in this world. And, and yeah, I'm very conscious of what we put on at the Yoga Factory. I've made some mistakes of not, you know, and not had that awareness. And these last years have allowed me to see what, you know, what is what I think is good and what I think is authentic and what maybe isn't as authentic, you know, and and hope I feel like I have a much better radar of being able to spot that now. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I can also be a little bit overcautious just because of my experiences. But, you know, I think that's also important because I was sucked into a, a world, you know, and I was naive and now that naivety switched to discernment. So, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, uh, yeah, it's just like your lived experience. You just try to bring it to, you know, what you do in life. And, and that's, uh, it's really important, isn't it? Mm. But there are some good people out there. That's no, oh, there's yeah, no doubt sure. about it. You know, yeah, there are absolutely. some people that actually, you know, have, have, have taken the time and real time to learn and to experience and to, you know, they've gone through their own experience to then be able to share and, and actually truly help people. Um, I do believe that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And, and we're all just, you know, we're, we're as good as we are right now, really, what we're practising and and what we, uh, yeah, what we're doing for ourselves. And, and that reflects on, you know, the people we're interacting with and what we're putting out there. 
And, and we all struggle. I think, you know, you said like in the, in the yoga world, there's obviously people coming in and, and there's vulnerable people, there's people going through stuff. And I think, you know, everyone's going through stuff on one level or another, maybe, you know, different, different kind of severities of that. But I think we, no one gets, gets through life without experiencing difficulties and, mm. and quite often trauma and stuff like that. So, yeah, but I think like you said earlier, like, you know, um, our awareness of what difficulty is, is sometimes kind of warped, you know, because we've grown up in so much comfort, you know, most of us, a lot of us have, well, anyway, in this area we have, I've been very fortunate to grow up in, in comfort, but there's people out there in the world that haven't, you know, so their idea of difficulty is very different to someone else's idea of difficulty. And I think it's really easy then to get kind of enveloped in that story of like suffering you know, um, and challenge, like you said, mm. you know, and I think that kind of, I don't know, that's why I loved traveling when I was like, when I was younger, because I saw so much of like the way people lived, you know, compared to how I lived, you know, I grew up in, with a roof on, on over my head and being fed regularly, you know, I never struggled to have food. And, you know, I go to India and I see some of the way these people lived, you know, and stuff like that. And I think it's, it's such a worldly experience to then be like, oh, I don't need a lot to live, you know? Mm. Um, and I, and it was like in COVID, like people, obviously I know this has been talked about a lot, but it's just directly related, but people panicking about getting food and so on. And I, I just remember thinking I can live off being like mung dal on rice for like probably a year, you know? I've got a big sack of that. I'm, I'm all chill, you know? I only need yeah. a roof over my head and some of that and I'm, I'm good, you know? Um, so yeah, I think, yeah suffering yeah. is most people wouldn't wouldn't have that experience though would they have of of kind of surviving on 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 very little and needing very little yeah know? we don't we don't need a lot really <laughs> i can remember i went out and, and panic bought some fray bentos pies <laughs> 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 i didn't even know they still made them you know what i mean it was uh it was quite amusing really yeah i think everyone everyone had that moment and i think it's it's easy to it's easy to yeah 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 so so you got sort of plans to uh to just kind of try and see see through the the kind of the sale of the the yoga factory and then and then just you're just going to step back take care of josh take care of little josh big josh you know all of those versions of josh that i've neglected for such a long time you know and and put other people first in front of me and you know you know the cost of creating a community for me you know because obviously I was young and creating a business and a community at the same time the cost of that has been losing losing some of Josh you know but then also finding him at the same time of course <laughs> yeah. um, you know like I said I want to be lost again and the reason I say that is is because I genuinely want to feel who I am again you know and I think sometimes we just need that space you know and mm go some other places in the world again, you know, I don't know where they are yet, I don't have a clue, I've got a van, you know, hopefully have some disposable income to be able to go to some places and actually have time to do that, but then after that, yeah, I want to build another business, you know, I want to, I've got ambition, you know, I'm only 27, it's the whole reason I want to, you know, sort of step away from the yoga factory is because I, I want the next challenge, you know, I love Southend, it's 
beautiful, of course, but there's there's way more experiences out there for me. You know, I'm not settling down. I don't have a family. You know, I don't I don't need to stay here. I can have locational freedom and have those experiences, whether they're here or other places. And I, I want to be challenged. I want to continue to be challenged. I want to put into practice what I've learned. And before I do that, I need I need to just sort of look after myself a little bit and relearn myself. So. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited to be challenged again. Like I really am. Like I, I love like I, I grew up playing rugby. I've always had that, that idea of wanting to do better. Um and that then reflected into business and into into practice and yoga and all of that sort of stuff. So now it's about like, you know, how 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 can I get that out there in the world and use those experiences and be challenged again and actually create like you said a a conscious business but then also something that's going to be able to like facilitate me being able to live in the world and hopefully bring a family into the world and put these practices into a family instead of just a community of people you know because I've learned through this experience that yeah community is beautiful and important and and I was once lost and uh and didn't have people around me that's the whole reason I sort of I wasn't going to stay in Essex and hang out with you know um the people I was hanging out with and doing those things, going to the pub, drinking, doing drugs, all that sort of stuff. That wasn't how I was going to live my life. I wanted to be surrounded by people like yourself that were willing to sort of, you know, step outside of that zone of, of, of that and that lane of conditioning. Cause ultimately that is the cult of life, right? The cult yeah. of life is that, you know, we're all stuck in this whole, let's go to work, let's earn money. Our, you know, activities are drinking and, you know, doing cocaine around here. Probably that's what people tend to do you know, and all that sort of stuff. And I'm not, I'm generalizing this. I'm sorry if you don't do that and you're listening to this podcast, but <laughs> you know, I, I, I see it firsthand. You know what I mean? Um, so yeah, that, yeah, I would like to, oh yeah, that's what my point was, was that, um, I lost my trail of thought there, but I, I realized the importance of community, but also realized the importance of family, you know, and, um, my family have always been there for me throughout all of these experiences. And, I really would love to create that myself one day, you know, my, my, my parents and my, and my brother, you know, and actually other close family members, they've always been the people who have been, been by my side and backed me, you know, regardless of what happened. And, uh, I think beyond community, that's the most important thing that we can have. That is true community is, is people you really trust and value. So yeah. 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 That's where I want to head. <laughs> yeah. No, it sounds beautiful, man. Yeah. And I've kind of, uh, yeah, done that journey of family you know of, of children and and grandchildren now and yeah it's, it's it's an ongoing journey but I mean family's important and I know you was really excited you recently went away with your family didn't you back to uh, yes yes I back, went back to my roots back to your roots yes. yeah yeah how was that was it was it's an amazing experience I've wondered where my roots are for the last 26 years you know this this year you know this year last year I found out and um, it was one of the most magical experiences because I've always felt felt out of place here. You know, it is quite a, a you know, it, it's not multicultural in Southend. Do you know what I mean? My my dad is, you know, of colour. He, you know, he's half. Um, and we only found that out last year. And I think, yeah, you know, you feel a connection to the land. Of course, my mum's side of the family is white, right? And um, they're from here. And I do feel a certain connection to the UK. But there was a part of me that always knew there was something else. But I never knew what that was. You know, so there was always like a story that I'd created. That was another sort of 
Josh that was like, oh, maybe I've got Indian, maybe I've got, you know, Islander, like Samoan or something or whatever, you know. I didn't know. I didn't have a clue. And then when I found out where, where my roots were from, you know, it was kind of a massive experience for me because that's always been a missing puzzle in this journey of like self-discovery, you know, and, and, and connection to the source because without knowing what our, who our ancestors are, we, we, you know, there is, there is a little bit of a disconnect going on there, in my opinion, you know? Mm. So like I felt whole finally, you know, as, as, um, went out there to Tobago, um, my, my, my biological granddad was from, from Trinidad and Tobago um i never knew him and i probably never will know anyone really from that side of the family except from the few cousins that i've connected with through through like ancestry stuff and uh, when we was there like yeah i really understood like where the other half of me came from <laughs> yeah i really did like did it, did it feel like kind of going home in a way 100 percent. it felt like the experience that i experienced when i went to the the shivananda ashram you know i spoke about earlier like i went there and i was like wow like this is this is a bit of me, like I get these people, you know, and I, I never knew that before. And like you, you're walking around and people were so friendly. And fortunately, like Tobago is a really cool place. Like it's friendly, like they've got a good economy there. They, 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 they mine oil and gas in Trinidad and that, that fuels the economy of Tobago. So they don't rely on tourism. So yeah, that, that factor plays into it. I'm sure I wouldn't, maybe wouldn't be saying that if, you know, I went to another less affluent Caribbean island, I don't know, or maybe somewhere where it has more violence, I don't know. But for me, my experience was very much like a coming home. And um, I was sitting on the balcony of the um, of the hotel one day, and um, I'm, I'm a big Bob Marley fan, as I said earlier. And they, the Marley family released a, a rare song of Bob Marley that was only on YouTube, it's called Selassie's The Chapel. I don't know if you've heard it. But they released it recently on iTunes and Spotify and streaming platforms, which is really cool because it was... Anyway, I was playing that song with my brother and, um, yeah, like, we was um, sitting on the balcony, like, looking out into the Caribbean, like, sea and it was just, like, magical. I was, like, crying and just really feeling this connection to that land. Um, and it was a really nice experience. It really was a nice experience. So, yeah, like, that was cool. Yeah, yeah it sounds beautiful. It sounds yeah. sounds beautiful. And, and did... Did like your your dad? I mean, how was your dad? I mean, I'm not saying ask you how he's feeling, but did you get the sense that he was kind of more at peace with with you know? I think so. Yeah, like from what he told me, he 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 definitely felt that too. Um, he seemed at peace there, definitely. Um, he's kept going on about it, so he keeps talking about the doubles. There's like a food there that's really nice, and I hope he listens to this. Um, and um, yeah, he felt that connection too. He really did. And I mean, he's been 60 years not knowing where where his heritage is from. So I mean, it's a largely different experience for him. I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, I can't speak for him, but I'm sure there's a lot more to it than just me. Of uh, you know, I, I, he, I know who my dad is, you know, so I'm sure yeah, there's a lot yeah. more to it that for him. But um, yeah, he, he definitely felt that as well. I would love to go there and live there, but I don't know how possible that is. Um, and it's, it's, it's not easy, basically, to no. sort of get citizenship and you can't buy land there or buy residencies there unless you have citizenship. They're quite strict on it because they're trying to preserve the culture, they're trying to preserve the land. To my knowledge, this is what local people told me. Um, they had a massive, obviously, the colonial Im influence like kind of filtrated for quite a few years and people started to develop stuff but then they kicked everyone off the island basically that was that wasn't from who wasn't indigenous right. and um 
yeah and basically like they've kind of tried to reclaim the land quite a bit and there's no building going on there's so much of it is rainforest and, or preserved not all of it's rainforest but preserved land and stuff like that so yeah one day hopefully and yeah. i love the lifestyle there it's super cool yeah sounds like yeah sounds like it was a great discovery for you yeah it really was and and and, and the biggest lesson i took from that trip and relate to everything we're talking about is like they live they live they live life the right no it's not the right way that's not the right way of saying it they they live life in a very different way to us you know and it's like they care about living you know they do care about mm. living oh, of course there's struggle with that because the world has advanced so quickly and they're trying to keep up with it you know and they have to you know prices go up of everything they still have cars they still have certain foods that you know are obviously imported all of those different things i understand all of that and i get that and it's easy for me to say this but you know that it appears on the surface that they have more of a better understanding of like let's live life you know let's not just work and you know destroy ourselves you know they're, they're living outside you know it's beautiful weather they're fishing they're doing x y and z and someone told me a story that like once they was there and um they were trying to get their car repaired or something and uh, they went to the garage and like the guy was like, yeah, I'm not working this week. I've already done a couple of cars and I don't need to earn any money this week. I'm just Sounds like living. me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a couple of people like you around me at the moment that are like that. And then maybe it's a message from 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 the universe uh, because, yeah, that keep I keep seeing that. And it's like, it's true, you know, they're living the right way, you know, and um, yeah. or some what I think is similarly right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting about you. You mentioned about you know like you've got you've got the sea there, you've got the land, you've got the air, you've got the light. I mean, all of those elements are, are kind of just so important, aren't they? So important, and and obviously living in cities, you you kind of yeah, you lose that connection, I suppose. So definitely, and like from the from the very start, like of this journey, I've always aspired to live like off the land, you know. I don't know when that day will come. I have no idea, you know, and I'm very open to the journey. I'm not going to force that. But I so see the importance of, of that. You know, we need to live closer to nature to be able to understand ourselves better. We are kind of almost, you know, reversing the cycle by living in cities, you know, and we are we are unfortunately getting more and more concrete. You know, it's becoming more and more populated. And I think that like all of these indigenous people that we talk about, all of these people that are like, you know, take influences from you know, indigenous people like the shamans and things like that, or yogis, whatever it is, these people are coming from, from the land, you know, they're learning from the land, they're not only just taking, I don't know, they're not only just doing ceremonies and, you know, drinking plant medicines and stuff like that, that's not how they become connected to the, to the true essence of existence and learn and have all these insights, they're observing nature, you know, they're using nature to practice and to be a part of it, and to grow with it, you know, symbiotically, not against it, you know, and we are destroying the planet, unfortunately, whether that's right or wrong, I don't know, I don't know what to believe anymore about global warming or that, and I don't really care at this point, but I do know that I want to live closer to the land, and I think that we do need to as species, because we can learn so much from that, um, and also hopefully live a better better experience of life. Yeah, and I, f and I think I mean, in my only, in my experience, you know, that connection to the land is is so important. When you speak about how they're living there, and and I really get that that you know, they want to try and preserve that as much as possible. But there are obviously external influences, and 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 we want the the modern sort of way of life as well. So, 
I think, you know, going back to all, all that we spoke about, it's just finding that balance, isn't it? It's just trying to find a balance within it. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, it's powerful. The land is powerful. And, 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 yeah, I mean, I've just had my own experiences of connecting with the land. And as you know, you know, when it, whenever I'm, I'm, I'm in Mallorca, I just want to be up in the mountains all the time or in the sea, you know. Uh, just there's such, such good feeling there and 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 it feels like home to me you know it does feel like home and and, going, and I was as I said to you I was in in Bethnal Green in Polici's yesterday and that that's home to me as well you know yeah I'd kind of been eating in there for over 50 years but it's it's funny I mean you know you're speaking about your heritage and, and I was talking to my mum and, and kind of we can't go she can't go back that far she doesn't know where where her heritage comes from uh you know going back up further in a couple of generations you know we don't know you know what country uh, our ancestors come from to, to to arrive in the UK obviously we didn't come from the UK originally uh, and and so I've got no no understanding of all of that and I've always kind of felt home where I could connect really you know yeah. where I could just be and connect and, and and wherever that is in the world and it's it's funny because I was having a, a conversation with uh, a woman in, in Mallorca and we was at a dance and it's like quite a, a real like an outdoor dance, you know, in the mountains sort of thing. And and I was saying, and she said, oh, where are you from? I said, you know, I'm from the UK, but I've got home here and, and you know, this feels like home. And she was like, oh, that's, that sounds really funny. And I could tell immediately that she thought, you know, you shouldn't be here. You know, mm -hmm. this is like someone in... Was she Spanish? She was Spanish, yeah, yeah. And and I and I and I and I kind of get that. I kind of get you know if people are on an island and then you've got other people coming in and and, and kind of you know taking well taking part of that, just kind of wanting to to, to make that part of a home or, or a home for them. And and I kind of viewed it and I and I allowed uh, I don't say allowed I like well, I didn't have any choice over it, but, <laughs> but I mean in my own uh, assessment of that, I thought you know she's yeah I can understand your position but you know if you look at this planet globally you know we've busted it up and we've put barriers and boundaries here and there but who's to say you know that's just it's just how we've we've kind of evolved isn't it that this is mine and that country's mine and that bit's mine and you know if you look in Mallorca there's walls in the mountains everywhere you know I don't know why they was put up maybe to stop you know animals roaming yeah, from one territory to another but mm. You know, you look inside of a mountain, someone spent, you know, looks like years building a wall up there. And they're very, we just want to like carve things up and lay claim to it, you know. And, and I was, you know, when I was talking to this woman, I was just thinking, you know, I can understand you laying claim to this as your island, this is your country, and I'm from somewhere else, so I shouldn't really, you know, be here. Or, and, and I think that's part of, that's part of our evolutionary uh, issue, really, that, we, we we become like you know we become very closed in like you know it becomes us and them really and, yeah. and I think that's at the basis of a lot of our a lot of our issues in in humanity really. Yeah, I I agree with you there hundred percent, and I think that like I understand that lady's perspective and and I honour that hundred percent. But at the same time, you know, because I had a similar experience there in Tobago, like 
I had a taxi driver who was taking me to the airport and he was going on about white people and like, you know, how they've come here and like they're sort of like destroying the place and that's why they don't want them here and blah, blah. I later looked up actually on the internet about living in Tobago as an expat and I didn't get very tasteful uh, uh, news articles and I won't repeat them, but it kind of scared me a little bit, machetes and all sorts. But anyway, but I, I was I was explaining to him because I, I, I thought about it a lot on that trip. I had a lot of space, didn't do any work, nothing. And because I was when I was there, I was like, oh, I can help these people market their businesses, and you know, I could come here and help them and consult for them, and you know, help these people like grow their businesses so they get more business and blah blah. But actually, on investigation, these people didn't want that help. You know, they don't want more people coming there. They they're quite happy. Yes, yeah, some of them do. You know, some of them who, I don't know, I went to the diving school, I did my paddy there. You know, he wanted a little bit more business, you know, because he's got a, he's got tankers to fill and he's got a boat to pay for and a staff member to pay for, blah, blah, of course. But like within that is a balance to be able to work with the people and not against them. And I think our sort of colonial sort of mentality is let's go in there and let's just transform it and build it massive, you know. And, and unfortunately, that scarred people like that woman, you know, yeah. and you know, I don't know what her background is, but Spanish were just as bad at the end of the day. But, you know, like that has scarred people like that to like think that you're going to come over and you're going to ruin it for us. because You're going to build 20 blocks of flats over there. And, you know, what's going to be left for the people, you know, of Mallorca, that type of vibe. But actually, we can work with these people. And the conclusion I came to was obviously like, yeah, like. I could help these people, but once I get to know them, you know, once I get to know what is your objectives, you know, like, what do you want? You know, like, do you want to just preserve this land more and like it becomes more, you know, f f flourishes in that way? All of these different, you know, things of like thoughts of like, yeah, like they, these people might not want industry, but they might want some help in some degree. So I think it's about how we can balance that integration into different places of the world and not just ruin it and come in like a bulldozer and start constructing and you know, making business out of everything, you know, because some of those Caribbean islands have been ruined, unfortunately, by tourists, you know, and um, and and places like Ibiza and Mallorca, the exact same things happened, you know, yeah. look at Ibiza, the prices of property, they're extortionate and it's so heavily populated. You know, I remember even when I did a season in Ibiza when I was younger, um, I did do that uh, a season in Ibiza, you know, lots of partying and other things. I remember going to someone's uh, place that was in like Santo Elia in the middle of nowhere and he was sharing a house with five people. Do you know what I mean? And that was long term. Um, and it had four bedrooms. <laughs> One person was on the sofa. You know, we have, you know, but it's a balance, isn't it? It is a balance. And I think it's really valuable what you said about like, you know, before we go charging in there, just to listen and to learn and, and see, you know, what's going on. And it goes back to that like longer term sort of vision, doesn't it? Of, yes. you know, not, thinking that we know it all and we're going to be able to fix it all and then just go charging in there and, you know, maybe give them a few quid, like, in a business and then, you know, their kids are just like, oh, man, this used to be a beautiful paradise, this island, and yeah. now it's, like, concrete, you know. It's uh, it's that sort of scenario, isn't it? Yeah. Just yeah. listening to what people really need. Yeah, and I think that we can translate that into everyday relationships. Absolutely. And we yeah. don't do that enough. You know, we're so quick to just enforce our opinions on people but we don't actually listen you know and connect and this is why i love podcasting because we've had the time here to not be distracted by our phones our own opinions and allowing one another to talk just like the men's circle that we do you know it's the same thing it's the ability to be able to listen truly to someone with intent we don't mm. do that very often 
you know, we're so busy in our own story, in our own head, and want to enforce our own opinion on someone, you know, can we actually listen to what someone's needs are, actually listen to what someone wants, and then actually, yeah, you know, collaborate and work with that person, whether that's an interpersonal, you know, close romantic relationship, or whether that's, you know, your family, or whether that's a friend, you know, um, I think it's so important. Yeah, I think it is so valuable, and and I think the more the more you connect with yourself, the more hopefully you you tune into that intuitive part of you that knows that stuff, that knows it, you know, and it's uh, and then it's it's just about allowing that practice, isn't it, and and collaborating and and, and learning and teaching each other and yeah, just all of this stuff, and it's I think it's all gonna be grassroots stuff isn't it it's all kind of grassroots but hopefully you know maybe maybe i I look forward to seeing where your journey goes and you know and and you know whatever it is 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 consciously sort of you know spreading some well in in my opinion but it might not be everyone's opinion you know it's just spreading some kind of goodwill some good practices some good uh valuable kind of experiences of life and and valuing our life, you know, not just, you know, being charging towards a destination that we think is going to give us what we need at the end of it. You know, mm. it's just kind of appreciating every step, every breath and, you know, and, and sharing that and going through all of it, whatever it, whatever's to come. But, you know, just with an honesty and an integrity is just so important. That's why, you know, why I wanted to speak to you on the podcast because, I, you know, I really see that in you and value that in you and... Yeah, and I think it's just so valuable that uh, that there's a lot of people out there who are doing this in their lives, and, and and as you say, you don't always get it right. We don't always get it right. I don't for sure, but you know, if the intention's to do our best, and then it's not like uh, I'm going to do my best at whatever cost, you know, whether you like it or not, you know, it's it's kind of like you know, I want to do my best, but I want to listen and yeah. I want to learn and I want to kind of take in what this other person needs. You know, I want to hear them and, and, and kind of, you know, then try and evaluate what, what you know, resources I can help this person with or this organisation with. You know, it's it's just so valuable to have that approach, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely. Like, I, I, I've, I've, but that's also caught me out sometimes too, you know, um, like listening to people and, and listening to what their needs and, and desires are, I think is really important. Um, but I think it's also worth you know, mentioning, because I think it's important, is that sometimes you do have to be strong with your own boundaries, you know, and that's one thing I'm learning in refinding Josh, you know, in this next phase of who I am, is like, it's okay to be, you know, obviously peace, love and light and all that, you know, and it's a lovely, you know, the yoga industry is lovely, but sometimes you do have to like have your own boundaries as to like how far people can take and, you know, how much you can take on of someone. It's all well and good listening to their needs, you know, and, and, and actually, you know, saying, okay, yeah, I can give you that. But then you also need to be really boundaried within that too and say, well, no, actually, like, I can't give you that, you know. Um, so I think it's a nice balance again, isn't it? It is a balance and, and it goes back to that, you know, listening to your own intuitive uh, voice and, and, and obviously, you know, whatever work that you've done on yourself. But I mean, when I, when I kind of said that, I, it was from the, from the position of when, you know, when I'm engaging with people and, and helping people, I quite often tell people what they don't want to hear. Yes. You yes. know, because that feels like the right thing to say. That feels like the, the solution that I, I want to share, you know, whether they like it or not. 
So it's about, you know, it's not about just, you know, absorbing everyone's gear. It's, it's about, you know, using your integrity and, and your honesty to, uh, to be of value and, and, and to tell people sometimes. So, you know, if you try to do that, maybe that would make a difference and you might not want to hear that, you know. Yeah. That relationship might not be working. Maybe it's time to move away from that, you know. Maybe it's time to let go of that. Whatever it is that's not serving you anymore. And, uh, and quite often, you know, they're the difficult conversations to have with people but they're the, you know that's that's that unconditional uh kind of approach to stuff i suppose yeah. really and it's hard to find those people that'll be honest with you like that you know and I, I i'm really fortunate i've built a little circle around me and a small circle because you know before i was very open to a lot of people like you know and open to like hearing that from a lot of people it doesn't work always you know if you i think you you've got to find your tribe haven't you you know and the people like you, you're saying like to hear that from someone, you've got to be in the right space, but then also from the right person. I think it's so important to have that honesty, you know, and pull people up on their, on their, on their gear, as you call it. I love it that you call it that. Every time you say someone's gear, I love it. It just, it just, it's, it's brilliant. It's so Cockney Guide to Enlightenment statement, yeah, yeah. like someone's yeah. gear, um, you know, and I think, yeah, I think it's like, yeah, I don't know what I was trying to say there, but base, but I think basically what I was trying to say was, was, it's important to to have people around you that can pull you up like that because I haven't had enough of those people sometimes in my life and at times I have at times I haven't but now I've got a really nice I think you've got to find that circle of people that can be honest with you because there's so many people in the world that would just be like oh yeah you know it's all right or listen to yourself or listen to this but sometimes you just need a Steve that will go no mate like sort your gear out yeah no i think it's i think it's you're right they they you know a lot of people haven't got those people in their lives and a lot of people and a lot of people you know may intend well and they want to kind of rush in and take care of people and it's like we we started you know taking care of everyone in the business and and you know i had the same experience and eventually i had to go back and and, and find me and take care of me and let, and and you know and this has kind of evolved from that really this this position of you know not you know, just being honest and, 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 and you know, in, in intuitive and, and, and just kind of being in my masculinity and, and knowing that that's okay, you know, that's, that's, that's a good place to be. And, and yeah, I think it's really valuable. But, I, you know, I see, I see that in you. I see a lot of, a lot of your potential, you know, mm. as, as, as a young man. I mean, you know, I'm twice your age, but, you know, I, f I f look at you as a peer, really, you know what I mean? And, and it's just... Simple as that, a peer and a friend and, and someone who I learn a lot of. So, Thank you, you know, I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I really mean it, Josh. Yeah, it's a privilege to have got to know you, man, you know, and mm. just uh, and done some work with you and, and, and just, yeah. Yeah, likewise. Yeah, it's, it's been brilliant. Yeah. So I, I think, uh, I don't know how long we've been chatting. <laughs> Seems like a, a, a fair while. Have you, uh, you got anything else you want to kind of bring out or... or or bring to the table that we um, sort of visited. I, I, I think just just like for me, like the only thing is 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 be as authentic to yourself as you can possibly be. You know, I've really enjoyed that experience. You know, of, of doing that for myself. You know, and and not to rush and not to like think that it can all be resolved straight away. You know, especially if you are listening to this and you're like, I don't know, gone on to the sort of conscious spiritual path you know using that word but 
it's easy to use that word on podcasts, you know, and just, just be, be real to yourself, you know, and don't try and fit into a mold because it's so easy to do that. And especially now in today, like with social media and, you know, the, the, the many faces that we can put on and the many outfits that we can wear, you know, I think just for me is like, I'm, I'm really enjoying exploring what authenticity means and I always have enjoyed that. So yeah, I think I just want to express that really. Yeah. 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 It's brilliant. And I think, you know, just this conversation has expressed that of, of you, you know, not, you know, not kind of, uh, showing, showing the yoga world in, in like a, a whole enlightening thing. You know, there's a realism in there, isn't there? There's some people that work, some things that don't work and, you know, it's just, yeah, I mean, I love that about you. <laughs> you know, when you was teaching the other day, I, you, I think we were talking about breath work and you were saying, you know, we you get to this state and then all of a sudden you think you're connected to God and it's an illusion because it's like, you know, it's just like the chemicals in, in the mind and stuff working. Yeah. And I just thought that was brilliant. You yeah, know, it's, uh, it was great. There's I a benefit to that too, of course. Yeah, I didn't <laughs> agree with it, but I thought it was great that you, you could agree just, with it. yeah. There's can, me saying that, and I like psychedelics, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, there's, there's so many different different uh, approaches, and and you know different things that work for different people, isn't there? But yeah. I think you know, yeah, just try and be your authentic self in this life, and I think that's the best that we've got to offer to everybody else is our authentic self. Yeah, and, you know, because we can always learn something from some from someone, regardless of you know who they are you know, and, and how they act in the world. And I think, uh, you know, I just see so many people trying to fit in a box and I just, it, 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 it's kind of frustrating. And I think the only reason it's frustrating is because I've done that, you know, and I, and I, and I, and I love who, who I'm becoming and who I want to become in myself. And that's just someone who's the most authentic person to me. Like it's okay to listen to hip hop and, you know, and reggae and then also you know go to a, a ceremony that like is you know i don't know connected to the to the elements of the earth whatever you know and i think that's important yeah brilliant yeah yeah, yeah. and wear lululemon and you know wear jeans at the same time yeah i think anything and uh, it's and i think that's a really important point about you know i mean i i put myself in many different boxes you know in life and just looking for solutions to you know to feel okay and 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 the real solution has been to undo all of that work really and and then just allow me to be me and you know that's that really has taken a, a lot of work a life's work just to do that really and it's still an ongoing process obviously yeah it's never gonna end no no and you know it's yeah but it's uh it's it's the most valuable work i've ever done out of everything i've done i think mm. Well, I'll meet you on the mountain in uh, in Tobago one day. Yeah. Come and visit there and do a podcast there. That'll be when I'm 70 with dreadlocks and <laughs> chilling. <laughs> I'll be, uh, yeah, I might need a bit of help getting up the mountain. At that no, probably, you'll uh, still be alive. Yeah, possibly, Josh, possibly. Josh, uh, where can people uh, connect with you? Connect on with me at jlipscombe on Instagram. Um, you can follow the Yoga Factory. It's a really good place. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I, I really look forward to, uh, yeah, just just seeing where things go with your journey because it's uh, Thank you. a, a very interesting man and, uh, you know, you've got a lot to offer to the world and, and obviously, you know, lot to offer to your family and yourself but yeah thank you for coming along thanks and steve it's been a pleasure man 
Thank you. Really Best of luck, brother. It. Thank you, brother. Take care. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. You've been listening to the Cockney Guide to Enlightenment podcast with me, Stephen Rosen. I hope you enjoyed the episode. If you did, please let us know by following us. Uh, You can tell your friends or you can connect with me on social media at Cockney Profit. And that's across all social media platforms. If you'd like to know a little bit more about my backstory, how I got here, I've got a book out called Lost in the Babylon. And it's a memoir. It's about my life growing up in the East End of London. And it's a real journey through emotional survival. It's a journey through separation from self and addiction, organised crime, redemption. It's about change. And it's a really interesting read. So if you haven't come across that, check it out. It's on Amazon. Or you can probably walk into a bookshop and order it from there. Lost in the Babylon, Stephen Rosen. And I hope that you join us for the next enlightening conversation. It will be good to have your company. Take care.